And then when Goosebumps you know, people 2000... were telling me that I'm too old for Fear Street for high school. <laughs> so I don't see, you know what I mean? And I mean, I didn't I think so. I enjoyed reading them. And I mean, I, they're still a huge part of my life. I mean, we met because last year I recreated Goosebump covers for yeah, exactly. Instagram. <laughs> we're young at heart. We, we are young it. at heart. It was so... <laughs> My name is Sammy. I'm a cosplayer. I run a podcast and people say I look like Tobey Maguire. And spoiler alert, today Dustin and I will be talking about the book Goosebumps Wanted The Haunted Mask coming up next. So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Wanted, dead or alive. Luann Franklin usually loves Halloween, not this year. Her best friend, Devin O'Bannon, is going away for the week. And when Luann comes face to face with the haunted mask, major trouble lies ahead. Devin O'Bannon didn't want to leave his best friend, Luann Franklin, behind on Halloween. He didn't want to go on this trip. That was all before he heard the strange scratching on his windows and saw the shadows moving around in the fields. Something is out there, and it doesn't want Devin around. Okay, well, first of all, I do want to say that, yes, this was published in September of 2012 by Scholastic, of course, Mm -hmm. like it always is. And so since it was published in 2012, that's more than five years ago. My rule is if it's five years young or they haven't had a movie or a TV show made, then I won't spoil it. But if it's, you know, older than that, I'll go ahead and spoil away. Big deal. You should have read it by now. So (laughs) again, further warning, spoilers ahead. Yeah, the original Haunted Mask was published in 1993. Right. And but this one was published in 2012 as like a 20th anniversary Goosebumps kind of special book. Mm-hmm. They've had, of course, the, the 93 Haunted Mask. And then in 95, there was Haunted Mask 2. Both of those were making into Goosebumps episodes for the TV show. And then they had the Goosebumps Horrorland series in which the Haunted Mask, um, it was called The Scream of the Haunted Mask. I'd never read that one. Did you ever read I that? I did not. No, I honestly... I read like the first 63, like the original or 62, 62, uh, you know, the original run of Goosebumps. And then I read like one or two of the Goosebumps 2000 series. But that was kind of it. Like I, I was reading the Goosebump books when I was in high school, like the original 62 run. I was still reading them in high school. And it's like even then I was a little too old for it. But yeah, I never read like the the Horrorland series or any of the newer series. This is the most recent Goosebump book I've probably read since like my senior year of high school. Yeah, and I didn't read all of the original 62 because I, you know, I was 12 in 93 when these or, you know, 90 I was actually 11. 11 when they first started coming out. And so I kind of grew out of them and grew into, you know, more mature books and whatnot. And, yeah, and I right. went back and collected them and I've been kind of catching up on what I missed before. Right. So anyway, so apparently there was a, supposed to be another book that was called The Haunted Mask Lives. Okay. That was listed like on Tim Jacobus's uh, The Illustrator. 
of the original covers. Oh, I love that, Tim Jacobus. He's yeah. so sweet. <laughs> he is a really nice guy. He's, He's a really, really sweet guy. He liked every <laughs> single one of my cover recreations. Every single one for 31 days. He's so sweet. He seems really nice. I've seen him like responding to a lot of other people who've ever like done drawings or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, in illustrations. He's always really, you know, appreciative yeah. of his public. Um, but yeah, it was on his, uh, it was listed on his website, but they haven't, has never come out and there's right. never been a listing for it to come out. So, well, you know, this is per Wikipedia. So the lost goosebump <laughs> book. Yeah. So let's talk about the cover. Okay. So the cover it's I guess it's a it's a wanted poster. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a classic like um Wild West, you know, torn parchment paper wanted poster with this creepy mask on the front. Like this creepy green demonic elf face, I guess you could say. Because it's got points. Yeah, it's ears. a little different than the original haunted mask. A lot different. Actually, every single haunted mask book has had a different mask on the cover. None of them have had the a- same mask. I know it's kind of funny, but they're all kind of similar. The, the green and the sharp teeth and you yeah, know, something like the that. The green but. and the sharp teeth stays the same. But yeah, there are there are a lot of things that are like big differences. Yeah, but there's like these flies that are all over the like poster. Yeah, I don't get the like, flies. Is it smelly? <laughs> is it a know. smelly poster? I don't get the flies because the flies have nothing to do with the book at all. I, I don't know. think they mentioned the word flies smell. even once. Maybe. Or it's just <laughs> to add to the creepy factor because they're, you know, bugs and bugs are gross. You I know. guess <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this mask kind of looks like, from what I saw, the cover of the um, the haunted, the scream of the haunted mask from mm-hmm. the horror land series. It kind of looks more similar to that one. Okay, it's, it looks closer to that one. It's not exactly identical, but like you said, they're all a little different each time. Right, right. Yeah, it kind of looks cartoony, a little more cartoony. A little bit. Not as, it really yeah. does. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the book. Okay. So this is broken up into, into four three parts. parts. Three parts and an epilogue. And the epilogue yeah. is like, what, three pages? I, I almost <laughs> don't count that as a part because it's it's literally like, it's three. Well, let's see. Let me, let me look real quick. It is two and a half pages. So I don't really count If you count think about it, it could be the start part. of a fourth part <laughs> that just never got completed. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, but we'll get to that when we get around to it. <laughs> So in part one, it's just called The Haunted Mask. Yes. And we meet the 70-year-old costume shop owner named William. Mm-hmm. And he's a little too into his precious masks. Like, right. Hey, precious. It's a little creepy. He, he's like, kind he's of all, braggy. He's, he's yeah. kind of braggy. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, but it's like, you know, like this mom and this kid walk in and he's like, I hope you like my craftsmanship. I really worked hard on it. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's really nice. I do. I do appreciate William's conscious choice to wear a cape, though. Um, yes. Like like they go out of the his way or out of the way to specify that he intentionally puts on a cape every day because he thinks it makes him look cool. I mean, it makes you feel powerful, too, at the same they time. They do. You know? <laughs> you know, even if it's not like a superhero cape, there's something about the brisk, you know, the I love cape. your back. So. <laughs> Who doesn't love a cape? Even a riding cape, something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a capelet even yeah cape, um, just any kind of cape but something i'm just sorry i digress <laughs> get back on topic all right um, <laughs> so i wanted to i wanted to point out though that the mom mentions he's got the best mask shop in town 
And that just begs the question, how many mask shops does this town have? I know. Like, that seems like a really niche market. Uh, no, just Apparently a, a, they a love shop that Halloween. just sells masks. It's it, <laughs> it's like, what is this, Hyrule? I know, and he's like, this mask <laughs> shop has been in my family for at least three generations. I'm like, that's a long time right? <laughs> for this mask shop to be around. To, and it's like, so they like, must be making, it, it's like, how do all these mask shops in this one town survive? They you know, it, they must thrive because they've got to make enough money for this to be his only job and for it to get passed down for generations. Maybe they're like a theater town. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like they have a lot of like community theater. And <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It just it really weirded me out that it was like the best mask shop in town. It was weird. I don't know. It just caught me yeah. off guard. Yeah. So he has like this old uh, German shepherd lying around. His name is Hansel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, please don't do anything to this dog, Stein. Please, you do not have the best oh. track record with animals. No, please. he doesn't. He really doesn't. So after he's closing up the shop, um, he's walking home, and there's just you know it's this eerily foggy night, and mm-hmm. I kind of picture like a Salem type colonial town with cobbled streets and dim street lights, and right, you know, yeah, because we really dog, don't get like a time frame of when this takes place. I know it really feels like it could be any day. Yeah, it could have been like just last year. It could be like a hundred years ago. But and like another thing is, where does this book fit in with the canon of the rest of the Haunted Mask books? Because exactly. And that's what I was thinking. Is this the same shopkeeper from the first Haunted Mask? Like, is this the same guy? I didn't know. Is this even the same mask? You know, because it's like the timeline doesn't make sense at all. I know. So it's kind of, yeah, it's a little sketchy on that, but (laughs) I'm going with it, I guess. It's okay. (laughs) So the dog stops suddenly and just starts to growl. Mm -hmm. And William kind of listens and he hears footsteps quickly approaching. Click, 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 click. He's like, who's there? And I'm like, oh God, that's a horror movie mistake. Don't ever ask. Never ask who's there. Don't let them know you're scared. Or don't ever say hello. (laughs) No. No one ever answers. No one. But whoever it is keeps following him in the dark. And I would have bolted with the dog. But, oh, you know. absolutely. Yeah, no, the, the dog had the right he's got idea. like a young man's energy. I mean, Apparently use not. it. <laughs> right? Right. God. But he makes it home safe and sound. Phew. Mm. And Hansel lays down and William, you know, sits back and starts working on some of his masks. He's putting fur on the monkey masks. Oh, for yeah. A shot. No, firm, firm pass on the monkey masks. That's no, that's a no go you. for me. With we real do monkey fur. With mm. real monkey fur. That just, no thank That's you. That's creepy to me. <laughs> no. So there's suddenly a rapid pounding on the door repeatedly, and it just gets louder and louder and louder. William hesitates. <sighs> I just wouldn't <laughs> answer the door. I just and wouldn't just answer the, the door. door. Uh, call, call for help. But he opens the door, and it's just his younger brother Randolph. Mm-hmm. Nice fake out. Yeah. Whatever. So William's shocked, but he lets him in. Even as Randolph says he's fo- he was the one that followed William home, then why the fuck didn't you answer him? Why asshole? didn't you, you say anything? Who's like, there? <laughs> you, you obviously can tell your brother is terrified, and you just allow him to be terrified, and then you come to his house and scare him there as well. And you're, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, that was me. <laughs> like, what the? Uh, anyway, apparently they haven't seen each other in years since they had uh, some falling out, mm-hmm. and Hansel does not like Randolph. The dog just. Yeah. Won't quit growling. And Randolph assures him that, you know, no, I've, per- I've 
I've changed. And all I can think is if somebody has to assure you that they've changed, they probably haven't. AKA Randolph is a grade A dick. Yeah. And always trust the dogs. Yeah. Also, always William is giving some great sass right now. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure like William is the LGBTQ icon of this book. <laughs> he probably is. Let's he's, be he's, real. He seems like he's the confirmed bachelor. I mean, come on. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a confirmed dog. bachelor. He wears a cape to work. He runs a mask shop and he's sassy AF. He is. And he's you know, ab- click, click, walking on the gobble. He is oh, absolutely a queer icon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real, Stein. Come on. <laughs> you don't hide it well, Stein. You don't hide it well. Just say it. Just say it outright. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just say he, you know, he passed by his rainbow flag hanging outside of the door. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that would be nice. Maybe one day. Maybe someday. I mean, this was Maybe 2012, ancient and archaic times. Anyway, uh, we digress. So Randall, Randolph has a black leather bag, and I'm thinking like an old-timey like doctor's bag. That's what yeah, I'm thinking. That's what I thought, too, time. was like that or a briefcase or something. Yeah. And he says he's going to make William famous with what he's got in this bag. And I'm like, oh, no. William's doubtful because, you know, his brother's a crook. And, you know, he may have done time in prison. Probably did. Let's be real. <laughs> Most let's, likely. Let's be real. <laughs> so Randolph pulls out this blue and green mask from the bag and that scares the shit out of the dog. And he just darts from the room, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, no, 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 don't do anything to the dog, please. So this thing is covered in warts. The mask has a blue tongue, which is also covered in warts Ugh. and like yellow pus coming out of its ears. It's really gross. Like it the description sounds, of this is really gross. These masks sound as gross as they always have. Stein has always been like really careful to explain just how vomitous these things are. I know. Like, I just didn't remember this. Like how every book you know, they got worse than the last book before. Them. And this one seems, yeah, it's getting there. Anyway, Randolph turns over the bag and a whole bunch of masks fall out just including one that sounds like the original haunted mask yes yeah, he just, dumps it out like, just, <laughs> just tips it over and dumps them out on the table in a pile so i'm thinking okay randolph must be the original shopkeeper from the first handled mask books maybe yeah i could see that because yeah. he's kind of gone evil you know these masks yeah and if that's the case then this would take place like in the late 90s maybe something like that so yeah he explains that these are real faces and he'll sell them to William cheap. He really needs the cash. Apparently I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just going to give you these faces. You like, buy- hey you kid, you want to buy some faces? Get the giggles out. So yeah, he makes William touch one of the masks. All the green slimy and gross. Yeah. Yes, and it's got real skin. Ooh, and William's freaking out, and he, he grabs the haunted mask, and he just tries to shove it into the bag, but it won't let him. It just, like, attaches, like, grabs onto his arm, and he won't yeah. let him go. And I'm like, oh, God, also, oh, God. Like, Randolph. Randolph explains that the green mask is the only one that's haunted. Like, the only one. He says, you know, this one specifically is haunted. But then that's all the, the other masks. Mask. Yeah, but then all the other masks start floating around and laughing at I'm him. Like, I'm like, doing that they to those all sound. I was like, they all sound very haunted to me. <laughs> Not just Maybe that. Maybe this one. one's the most haunted. <laughs> Maybe I don't know because I, I mean, guess. this is like some poltergeist level stuff. These are just I don't call these haunted masks because like all my masks are like this. <laughs> this one's like the worst one. This Talk one's about this mask. one's the demon haunted mask. The rest one are just people haunted. These are just people's faces. <laughs> 
that one's a demon. So that's why that one's the haunted mask. I don't get it. But he says, he's like, that's the haunted mask with centuries of evil in it. And I have questions because I'm thinking like, who made this then? I thought he made this. I thought they were all part of his face or at least, at least the other shop owner. That's why I'm like, some know. of the stories retold and I don't know what's going on. Is this alternate universe goosebumps? It's, I think it might be. It really seems like it might be because later on in this book, we have a character that coincidentally also runs a mask shop and he's like, I've heard legends of this haunted mask. And it's like, Wait, How old what? is this thing? <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, all these masks rise up and they're all, like laughing at William and they form this like wall and start like bumping up against him and like trying to intimidate him. I would throw up. <laughs> Just I know. throwing Rant- that out there. I would throw up. If these masks did that to you? Just like rubbing up against me and like bumping into me. Like I'd be throwing up from fear, but the fact that like these people's faces, like these skinned faces are bumping up against me i would probably be like a mess and just throwing up it sounds so gross not to mention they look disgusting on top that's of it. true Ugh. yeah i can i can see that mm-hmm. so <laughs> they're like you know bumping up against him and everything and randolph's all pissed at the rejection and decides to jump william and he he pulls the haunted mask over his head and i'm like what a dickhead yeah great <laughs> so a the dick, like mask, i said exactly <laughs> <laughs> and the mask just like attaches to his face, of course. And, you know, what I can only describe is this like claustrophobic nightmare for me. So, you know, reading this gave me a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> for, it and absolutely him, did. You know, as he cried out and all these, you know, masks were laughing at him. And then all of a sudden, all these masks just leave and Randolph has vanished. And he's stuck yep. with this like thing he's on his stuck face. stuck with this mask that he can't get off his face. And I mean, like I said, it, this is the first time we've ever seen it instantly stick because he can't get underneath it he can't find the collar of it and it's like in the previous books what was it the third time it was stuck for good the first time you could take it off no problem the second time it was a little bit stuck just to kind of spook you and then you could take it off and then the third time took like an act of love to get it off exactly and then the fourth time that was and then if you did put it on a fourth time that was it you know so you know four times where this one is like no you you put me on once I'm your I face know. now. <laughs> I'm your, I'm your <laughs> face now. Drastic. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So he's like feeling abandoned and the haunted mask is the evil is building up inside of him and mm. feeding him rage. And he just starts to tear his house apart. And I was very point, worried for the dog in this scene. I know. Cause the dog comes downstairs. I'm like, don't do anything. To the dog. Don't, do anything don't to the dog. you dare touch that puppy. I, I know. And he gets a little calmer and I'm thinking, Oh, maybe Hansel is his symbol of love. <laughs> and he'll be able to take off the mask. And so I William decides to give it one last hug. And this is where he rips his face off with the mask. Excuse me? He ripped his face off. And there's literally a description of like blood and face skin inside the mask. And he's like dripping face peel. And and it's like, this is dark. For like a preteen, like young adult novel. This is the darkest Goosebumps has ever gotten before. They've gotten kind of hell. They've gotten kind of spooky and creepy before that, you know, pushed the limits. But this is the most graphic I've ever seen a Goosebumps book. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm about to die, I guess. Yeah, he's <laughs> well, like, yeah, I'm just going to go find some place to curl up and die. He just looks down at the skin hanging out of the mask and he realizes, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to die soon. And my blood loss, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to hide the mask in an old costume trunk deep in his attic. And he climbs into a closet and he's like, I'm going to die, but I'm, you know, I'm going to stay here and, and I'm going to try to stop whoever might try to come across that mask. You know, and this was the I'm stupidest, like, most ironic thing to me. I was like, 
first okay. of all, let me hide this horrible thing in this ornate gold trim mysterious trunk that Underneath no one will that no one will ever find or want to look in. But also for added effect, I'm going to die next to it so it clearly looks like I was guarding it. That'll make people not curious about what the faceless corpse was guarding. <laughs> and he doesn't even lock it. No, he doesn't. I know. It's I like, know. you really didn't try. I get that your face has been ripped off, but you really did not think this one through. You, you should basically through, William. <laughs> you basically set this up to be like, hey, open me and find whatever is in here because it probably <laughs> killed me. Well, after this, he's dead, obviously, in the closet, yes. in the attic, and it jumps to 40 years later. And it's part two. It's Luann's story. I'm like, okay, when did Carly Beth happen? <laughs> That's what this, I want to know. When did Carly day? Beth happen? Because if this is taking place in present day, which is 2012, 40 years ago would have been the 70s. So if Carly Beth had it before Randolph gave it to William, Carly Beth would have been growing up in the 60s or 70s. And I'm pretty sure those books didn't play, take place in the 60s or 70s. That's why it's got to be alternate universe. Goosebumps. It has to be. It has to be. Huh. Okay. Well, it switches to first person narrative. Mm -hmm. And what's ironic is that this girl's name is Luann. So it's mm -hmm. like another double name, like Carly yeah. Beth. And you have Luann. Right. And she's 12 years old. And she's, you know, hanging out with her best friend, Devin, complaining about going to this girl, Polly Martin's Halloween party. Mm -hmm. And Devin's trying to convince her to go. Yeah, I just I really hate Luann like very, very quickly in this first chapter. I'm She's like, I hate a person at all. No. And it, I don't go around saying I hate 12 year olds every day. But Luann's kind every of day. <laughs> some every day. other day. But like Luann's <laughs> kind of a stuck up snob. And she like picks on her friends because that's how I show them. I like them. And it's like, do kids still do that? Is that still a thing? Well, I mean, she's she's obviously a tomboy because all her boys are all her friends are just boys, right? And she's all about being tough and, and you know not being scared and pranking and make you know making horrible jokes and whatnot. Yeah. But you know, um, Luann continues, and okay, I get why Polly sucks. The main yeah, thing her, is she makes her guests pay five dollars to come to her parties. I mean, an admission. I fee. do. I do that at my Halloween parties now, but that's only because. It, it's become easier in recent years to tell people just pay a $5 cover charge and that will pay for food, drinks, all sorts of stuff. That way you don't have to bring your own food. Well, that, that's in lieu of bringing something else, yes. obviously, you know, in a yes. way. Yeah. yeah. This is a little different though. This is no, like, You don't make kids pay. This is 12 year old. Yes. Yes. So that's fair. But also her party sounds like it stinks. It really does. It really does. I mean, she's got the the best game she has, like static balloons sticking to your face. Yeah, that, that <laughs> that's really the book, people. And it's like I was like, no way, it can't be that bad. But then they get to the party later, and it's absolutely that bad. I know she's like a really dull person, especially. Well, I mean, from Luann's point of view, and just in general, it sounds like she's really dull. Yeah, yeah. So she and Devin tease each other. Mm -hmm. Devin is revealed to be our stock redheaded character. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had to have one. Yep. Um, another friendship moment is unfortunately ruined when Devin says he won't be around on Halloween. He has to go work at his dad's newly acquired pumpkin patch all week and on Halloween night, which kind of sucks for a New York City kid like Devin. Yeah, and we'll get into that more later, and I will have a lot to say about it. But for now, it's kind of just a throwaway thing, but you remember it later. 
So Luann looks at the clock and just like pushes him out the door. She says, okay, it's time to scare my little brother, Mitch. Yep. And so she goes, she apparently tells him stories all the time because she wants to be a writer and the vet, you know, best thing she can think of is scary stories. Oh yeah. She's like, I, I only know how to tell scary stories. Yes. I have a scary mind. I'm like, girl, you're 12. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that scary. And then she goes into telling her scary story later and it's really lame. <laughs> well, it's exactly. Yeah. He's, you know, her, her little brother's a scaredy cat anyway, but she makes it the story and it's called evil Boris that turns himself into a monster. So he can step on cats, crush birds and break windows. Then he goes too far. Excuse me. Then she goes too far and tells Mitch that evil Bear Boris likes to eat little kids and also lives in the back of Mitch's closets. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. God. Don't go you there. You forgot the best part of how evil Boris turns into a monster. What is he that? He turns into a monster just by thinking about being evil. <laughs> That's right. That's that right. was that was how evil Boris turns into a monster. Is he sits there and I'm just imagining I'm just imagining, you know, like rubbing his hands together. Yes. <laughs> evil. <laughs> and then and then he turns into an, a, a monster and it's like it's super lame. Like I've babysat and been a camp counselor and I've been around like eight year olds in that regard. None of them would think this story was scary. Not even the most scaredy cat eight year old would think that was a scary story. Well, I know. And then she, you know, the part that gets me is that she tells Mitch that she's playing with him and tells him to, you know, you know, go check the closet. You know, if he, you know, I'll, I'll, you know if, she's, if you're so concerned, except, you know, her friend Brad's hiding in the closet with an old man mask on. And that's seriously demented to do. That is just really kidding. demented. I'm just kidding, kid. Don't worry. Nothing. If you're so scared, go check the closet. And then some dude jumps out of your closet. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, horrible. But yeah. it makes me laugh because I would love to do that to a little kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. And Brad, Brad's an interesting character. Like, Luann goes on to describe Brad as, Brad never feels bad and always seems mellow, like he's floating on air. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, but Brad is either high or a sociopath. <laughs> He's got something going on. I mean, it's probably the sociopath thing because it literally says multiple times that he has no emotions, no regrets, and that everybody likes him because he fits in. It's like most sociopaths are really good at mimicking people around them and like putting on the persona that makes other people comfortable. Brad is going to grow up to be the next Ted Bundy. Plain and simple. Brad is a sociopath. Maybe high, but probably a sociopath. Just throwing he pumps out. forensics corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. And then, and then like Luann and Brad go downstairs and her parents are playing Wii tennis. It's like uh, millennial still, parents who was still playing Wii tennis in 2012. It, me, actually, I was probably playing it really late. I, I never got into big video games, though. Oh, I'm not yeah. a big video gamer, so oh, I just like okay. the basic right. stuff. I just heard that and I was like a Wii tennis reference in 2012. That's a little dated even for a goosebumps book <laughs> yeah sorry we exist <laughs> <laughs> but you know so polly texts luann about her party and you know they just they decide they need to figure out something to scare people to liven up this party mm -hmm. so brad suggests they get masks and costumes and put them on backwards which luann yeah, that is right. that is fucking stupid <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with Luann here. That is kind of stupid. Like, okay, and then what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. We'd be backwards. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and then you can't see, dumbass. <laughs> so he resigns to put the old man mask back on, back on, but starts to struggle. 
he says it's strangling him and he's like, Oh no, he gets frantic and Luann starts to freak, but it just turns out it's a joke. And I'm like, okay, crying wolf seems funny in these books at first kids. But yeah. I was like, that's some not so subtle foreshadowing for what's about to I'm happen. Like, <laughs> so, you know, she's annoyed and, but relieved and she walks into the front door to leave and then she opens it and they both scream because there's this huge fucking gorilla. <laughs> and this is where door. the book gets problematic. It's like their friend Marcus and oh, I know. Yes, I know what you're saying. Marcus and, is an African-American character and they put and the African-American character in a gorilla costume. It's like. I I read that and I just I stopped and I was like, they did not. Oh, I was like, yeah. Stein did not just put the African-American character in a gorilla costume. And you know what I'm thinking? I don't think that was purposeful, of course. It, I guarantee obviously. it wasn't purposeful. It but probably it's like, added in after the fact, and he didn't think about it. Maybe. I mean, it, I'm Stein... Think, I'm hoping that's the fact. I'm Stein has never weird. seemed like the kind of person who intentionally would do something like that, but it's like looking at it now from like a 2020 kind of like politically correct mindset, Exactly. That is not okay. Even if it wasn't intentional, it's like, it's very noticeable now. And I was, but, you know, what's really weird like, is oh that boy. all of his other books, besides like hair color or eye color or something, he never really gets too descriptive. And he's even said that before. So he, any kid can picture themselves as the yeah. character. And this is like the first yeah. time I've noticed he's actually pointed out the ethnicity of the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, huh, that was weird. So I don't know if they, that's felt like it was added in later or maybe somebody else added it in. I have no idea, but all I know is I, I got to that part and I just, I stopped and was like, Oh, Oh boy, this is problematic. Yeah. So I'm just going to choose to, we're just going to, we're going to move. We're going to acknowledge that it's problematic and move past it because we can't right. really do anything to fix that. So the, the other question I have is like, these okay first of all the kids are stupid but (laughs) (laughs) but like who has the time or the money for these elaborate pranks in middle school yeah i definitely did we find out that you know surprise marcus is black you know but you find out also that his dad opens up has opened up a halloween store so i guess you know he just got that for free but yeah that's a lot of money you would think dad wouldn't be so (laughs) <laughs> no, well, sure, so willy nilly to just give out like this elaborate gorilla costume that's apparently like seven feet tall or something it's huge yeah it's it's a gigantic costume i don't know how the kid it's fit like in the first place but i don't know yeah so yeah so they wonder if they're going to find any good scary costumes at you know his dad's shop and marcus tells them about you know william's mask emporium from back in the day and his dad used to love that shop and i'm like hmm, hmm. This, it seems like this is gonna lead somewhere so, like, they're brainstorming ideas for scaring people at the party, and no, they won't do anything with the lame gorilla outfit. Oh, yeah. This is Luann continues to prove how insufferable she is because basically, if she hasn't come up with the idea, it's lame. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Too. Any idea that people throw out, no, that's stupid. No, that's lame. I hate her. I hate this 12 year old girl. <laughs> it's okay. You can hate her. <laughs> okay. Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Luann dresses as a stereotypical gothic vampire with white face and dark circles and trickle of blood and a black dress. And I know. And, and she after- gets to Polly's party. There's like, she, the dumbass realizes she forgot fangs. Like what's up? I was with like, that? she spends five chapters going on and on about how lame everything is. And she goes with like a lazy vampire costume. 
I know. And how can you dress up as a vampire and not remember the teeth? What's up yeah. with that? So, you know, she walked after walking through the old, you know, very old fashioned nostalgic Halloween scene with like the brisk windy night and the mm-hmm. kids running around. She gets to Polly's party and it's packed. Yeah. Kids are having a great time and the music's all weird and violin y. It's, I don't know. It, I don't know what that sounds like. Really slow and strange. Yeah. Not the usual kitty music they used to used to have. So, like, what's going on? What the, you know, when they she's asking around where Polly and her mom is, and no one really looks at her like all weird. And what's up with this weird game called Eat the Wheel? <laughs> I was like, what's <laughs> the wheel? Yeah, and I caught on like, pretty quick that this was a dream sequence. <laughs> no, at first I was like, wait, let me just let me see what's going on here. The rest of this is going weird. So. And this boy's asking about triwiggles. <laughs> I don't know what that was yeah, about. Yeah, it so. was very odd. Very, very <laughs> odd. The party sounds like an acid trip from another planet. It really did. Yeah. Especially when they start talking gibberish. And I'd freak out if I were her, if, if this were real. Because they start, you know, from this, like, form this silent circle around her. And this mm-hmm. is like some cult shit. And they're like, Pippa, Pippa, wah, 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 Pippa, wah, Pippa, wah, Pippa, Pippa, wah, wah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This isn't the first time Stein has used like a creepy cultish ritual in one of his books. Like if you've ever read The Haunted School, that's one of my favorite Goosebump books. And in it, they had like this creepy cultish ritual where the kids were like kind of a Lord of the Flies sort of situation. And they like circled this like normal kid and we're like trying to throw him into like this pit of goo to turn him into one of them. And it was actually really kind of spooky, but sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> so the little brother Mitch shows up and he's like, obviously it's a dream. He mm-hmm. wakes her up. And for real this time, she finally, she goes to the party as yes. a vampire again, you know, yes. not very, very original. hypocritical. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Martin, Martin greets her at the door and all is normal. And I still can't believe the mother is even making them pay $5 a person. Yeah, forcing the $5 cover charge. It's just you know, so tacky. I'm just, I, that's could, I could understand if it was like a, you know, $5 cover cha- charge to stock the bar at like a, you know, 21 and over or even like a high school party. But these are 12 year old, uh, 12 year olds. It's like, what is this $5 cover charge going to? I just <laughs> don't get it. Later. Right. <laughs> Right? What? These are for the jello shots, guys, obviously. Oh, okay. Shh, don't tell your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird. And I, I can understand it though, if it were like for charity or something. Or something. For like raising money. And then you're like, hey, if you come to the party, but this is for charity, we're raising money for this. But you know, I mean it's like it sounds like the party was kind of a low budget party in the first place. And it sounds like there's like dozens of kids there. Why do you need to collect $5 from like two, three dozen children for like. They're making money off of it. Yeah, they definitely are. They're making money. They're for the the party party does sound lame too. Like it really sounds super lackluster. It sounds like a church function. (laughs) It It really does. Well-intended but boring AF. (laughs) Like, I mean, I don't remember exactly having ragers when I was 12 years old, but the parties I had were a little bit more interesting than this. (laughs) <laughs> they're like let's play twister and then they're like no 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 let's play that stupid static electricity balloon game where it yeah. sticks to your face what is that about Ugh. i don't know i'm I mean, excited about it too i mean i remember playing that when i was like six you know in musical chairs but it's like they're 12 they're way too old for the static electricity balloon game they are definitely so Luann and Luann grabs Brad and Marcus and they decide they're going to go upstairs and explore and they just keep climbing flights of stairs up until yeah. they all the way get, they get all the way up to the attic 
in this musty old attic. And it seems Polly's house used to be William's house mm-hmm. because they find that damn trunk full of old costumes and they just start where pulling we find out, out that it's not locked. I know exactly. They're just putting on <laughs> stuff. I'm like, what? Is, I mean, there's probably moths and spiders all up in, you know, ugh. something, you know. So she, of course, finds the haunted mask and a lizard costume to wear. But they suddenly hear footsteps and heavy breathing and the lights go out. And then it just turns out to be the damn dog. We Buzzy. did get our we did get our classic um, R.L. Stein new, which I love, you know, like that's included <laughs> in every book where it's like, no, but it's like with eight O's attached to it. No. You know? So that, I'm glad that's still alive and well. <laughs> Today's youth need to be exposed to the R.L. Stein new. Well, that's because the dog starts to stare at the closet and they're like, what's going on in this closet? And they go and check it out. And then William's mangled corpse comes jumping out and it's like, no. And he's like, no, the mask, get away. And they're freaking out. I mean, this like corpse with like no face is coming out screaming about a mask and like stay away from the mask. And they're like, get off me. He's got no face. How does he expect anyone? I was like, yo, wait, he is still alive. What do you mean? Because it's like he's corporeal. He can touch them. It's exactly. not like he's just a ghost. It's like he this guy can literally grab them and and pull them around and stuff like that. And it's like he is not just a ghost. He is like a fully corporeal like phantom. It's kind a, of yeah, he's a reanimated corpse that like woke up and then somebody showed up. I guess yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's really strange. It is but, really yeah. weird, but yeah. So they're like slams the door in his face. Yeah, they do. They just slam it, you know, and then like they all scream and they're like, ah, they don't really hear him because they just want to get the fucking closet closed. (laughs) So they slam the door in his face and then immediately are like, well, let's go back down to the party. And yeah, let's go scare some people. I'm like, um, I'm like, it amazes me just how concerned with scaring others downstairs after freaking corpse, ghost, dead guys. But I mean, this sort of thing keeps coming up in this book. Everybody in this entire book is like extremely calm in like in the face of horrific danger like the balls on these people it's like what goes on in dayton ohio clarity clarity i guess i mean it's like they're in dayton ohio one of the most boring places in the country and it's like somehow all of them are just completely unperturbed by like ghosts like rotting corpses popping out of a closet that they just close it in his face and go, well, let's go back down to the party. And this is a 12. <laughs> it's just, it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. I know. And the thing was like, it blows my mind that she just goes ahead and puts on the damn mask. Even after this thing has jumped out at them and said, don't put on the mask. Don't put yeah. on the mask. <laughs> yup. And she's well, like, she mm, okay. And the second they get downstairs, like she just all of a sudden yells out, you're doomed to everybody just takes mm-hmm. over her yep. and everyone's like freaking out and the boys jump in and they're uh, making everybody freak out and they all act like they can't take off their mask, like, you know, from earlier and everybody goes, oh, no, oh, no. And they, you know, haha, we can, we can take off our masks. And then, of course, right afterwards, she's like, I can't take off my mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mask is stuck in my head. I but can't obviously nobody believes her and i mean at this point polly's mom is getting upset and we don't ever get polly's mom's name but i think we can agree that her name is karen because the way she's acting in this book is such a karen thing you're you're causing a scene i'm gonna call the cops it's like on a 12 year old 
but exactly. And you know, what's really, so this scene kind of, it just takes me the feeling I got from it. It just reminded me of like the beginning of scream two when Jada Pinkett was like killed in front of a whole theater of ghost face masks. And like, th- they're all thinking it's a stunt, but mm-hmm. she's freaking out. And yeah. she's like, you know, and I'm like, Oh no, let, get it off of her. She's like suffocating almost. And yeah. I just, that would scare the crap out of me. And this made me so claustrophobic. And she's like, cause she could feel the mask getting tighter and warmer on her face. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's not as scared anymore. Yeah. She's angry. Yeah. And then this is where the book gets interesting because Luann goes full berserker. Yes, she does. And the thing what I'm scared is that she's going to try to rip her face off too. But yeah. then that just, I just remembered that William's face is still in that mask. Yeah. They never talked about cleaning it out. So it's like, I mean, I She's guess wearing two just, faces on top of her face. We can literally just assume that there are still chunks of William's face and blood attached to the inside of that mask. So now she has mask face and William's face on her face, face, which just makes Ugh. me want to throw up. Even how does it not stink? How does it not smell like death? Well, I mean, they they did say it stunk when they pulled up in the you know they, they said the whole it trunk like stunk. mothballs. Well, I mean, it's forty years. So, I mean, after a while, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But- it would still stink, but so this all builds to this roar that bellows out of her sitting here in this blind rage and attacking everyone in the room. She's throwing kids across the room and, yeah. you know, and like, this was I, literally I the, kind of funny that she slammed pumpkin pie and Mrs. Martin's yeah, condescending this was literally face. the best chapter in the book up to this point because yes, it's yes, so it was. funny and interesting. And I was like, I can get behind Luann going full berserker. At least she'd made the party interesting. She destroyed the place. I mean, and then she was crashing through the window, like out into the night. Yeah, she <laughs> like, literally hey. crashes through the living room window, like jumps through it and runs off. I was like, dang, girl, okay, you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> so she like um she ends up like terrorizing the neighborhood, kind of like what Carly Beth did in the original. Yeah, yeah. She goes on and- a rage field bender through the neighborhood. Like tearing, you know, candy out of kids' hands and shoving them around, you know, and and then Brad and Marcus catch up to her and they're like, "Hey, do you need help? Are you okay? Do you need like go to a doctor?" And she's like, oh, "No!" And she rears, roars back and like bites Brad she on the bites shoulder. Brad on the shoulder, and then it's like, and then she runs off and she looks back and she's like, "Well, I guess my friends didn't follow me." And I'm like, "Uh, girl, I would them. not follow you either. You literally just bit one of them." With your like you mask teeth? with your pointy mask teeth. What did you expect? I know. They generally wanted to help her too, but yeah. she's too angry and just wants to fight them. But she eventually gets bored and she runs off, leaving them behind. And she ends up at Marcus's dad's mask store and decides to ask him, Mr. Wright. <laughs> she doesn't decide to ask him. She decides to demand answers. So she rips the door handle off the door. And then like scream, like run, bursts inside and screams Mr. Wright's name in like a raspy voice. And here's another thing of, of somebody that's just extremely calm in a weird situation, just casually meanders out with a can of Coke in his hands. You just heard somebody <laughs> rip the door off its hinges and scream your name in a raspy voice. And you just casually walk out with a can of Coke in your hands. Well, he like turns around the corner and he's like this big guy and he, but he's kind of visibly scared a little bit because she's looking at him and you know, her Luann's thoughts, not the Hanna's mask taking yeah. over, but she's thinking like, what's going on? And then she kind of sees her reflection. She kind of gets the idea like, oh, this is what's going on. Yeah. I'm freaking ass out. And then, so he doesn't like want to even listen to her pleas for help. Like, I don't care who the hell you are. You get the hell out of my store. He just yeah. calls her evil and orders her out of the store 
and like, tells him out the street. He immediately recognizes the mask. Like he he looks at it and mm-hmm. immediately recognizes it and goes, I know the legend behind that mask. It stuck to your face and it's your face now, and that's it. I know my day. <laughs> and, and he like baits her with information, which is super aggravating. And then, he, so it's like, she's freaking out. Like, what do you mean? It's my face. And he's like, well, I mean, I guess there is one way to take it off. And it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? I'm like, first of all, where did you hear about this? And he goes, he read about it and all that William and the mask and everything that happened before in the first part. Yeah. He read all about that somewhere. We don't know where, but he read about it somewhere. Yeah. And I don't know how he know, read about it somewhere because William, his body has apparently never been found in 40 years. So how did anybody figure out what happened? The dog can talk, I guess. I don't know. I That's don't the only know. thing. Hansel <laughs> <laughs> can talk. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe Randolph's hold somebody. Maybe. I don't know. So, but anyway, in this version, he says an act of extreme kindness will remove it. And yeah, like unbelievable the kindness. symbol of love. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable kindness. What, you know, I just, I don't understand how it's the hell you get super vague. I know. But, yeah. So she just takes off into the night trying to fight the evil thoughts from taking over her mind. Right. She spots this little girl dressed as a princess sitting on a curb alone and the little girl's, you know, crying and she, at first she's going to rope her and scare her, but she sees she's crying and she offers the little girl to help, mm-hmm. you know, and all seems okay till the little girl looks up and sees like her face and calls her ugly. Yeah. Then Luann just like freaks out on her and like takes, you know, her bag of candy and destroys it and then steals her tiara and puts it on her head and runs off and makes, yeah. I'm like, damn, that's freak the little girl out. And I mean, like. Why is this little girl alone trick or treating? And she she, explains she got lost that, apparently. Well, she explains she got lost from a group of kids. It's like why is a kid this young out without any adult supervision? You know, like the only I thing would, I can think of is she was probably with some teenage kids, like an older maybe. sibling. I don't know. It just seems really weird. Like I wasn't allowed to trick or treat just me and my brother until I was like eleven or twelve years old. You know, and and I grew up in a town of like two hundred and forty people. This is Dayton, Ohio. It's a big city. It just weird weirded me out, but whatever. Alternate universe. Some people, some people are hands off parents. No judgment. It just it was weird to me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next, Luann comes across a guy with a flat tire. Mm-hmm. He's startled when he sees her, but he asks, you know, hey, can you like watch my car while I go, you know, find a phone to call for help? Right. And uh, she's like. She's very insistent that he confirm that what she's doing is an act yeah, of kindness. Yeah, I was like, that's so weird. She's like, so what you're saying is you want me to do dot, 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 an act of kindness for you? And he's like, and he's like uh, yeah. Yeah, sure, kid. Can you just, I need watch to the use car. the phone. Just watch this car. But it's an act of kindness, right? Sure, kid. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I gotta go. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves and the haunted mask goes and gets bored. Yep. And just decides to rip all his tires off his car. I mean, she literally rips all the tires off his car. That takes like ex- that's it gives her superhuman strength that's somehow. Dang near impossible, you know. And she just rips the tires off, not the wheels, just the tires, and f- and flings them across the street. And he like catches her at the tail end of getting the last one. He's like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "You better be glad, girl, that he doesn't know who the hell you are." Right? <laughs> and then you're going to get away with this. Runs off and runs back to the scene of the crime. I know she ends up back at their house while they're trying to clean up and she's trying to apologize, 
but they're like, we don't want to hear it. Get the hell out of here. We're going to call the cops again because apparently the cops have already been here and they didn't believe that a 12-year-old did this by themselves. And Polly's mom, Karen, goes, my insurance doesn't believe it either. And it's like, I felt for Karen in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) But... So like, like, you know what? And she just starts destroying more stuff. She literally she, puts like, a broom through the leather couch. I know. I mean, she oh. really goes to town. <laughs> she like runs upstairs and Polly like follows her and is trying to stop her. And like the mom's calling the cops again. And Luann goes for the closet and the William jumps out and grabs Polly and pulls her inside. And he's, he's like, like ah. I'm so lonely. I'm, it's like, I'm like I was not expecting William the ghost to go full pedo, but I guess he did. I know. I was like, this is really creeping me out. Stein. What's going on? Cause he's like holding, she jumps into the closet to, you know, get her. And he's still going, I'm so lonely, so lonely. And I'm like, Oh, this is so creepy. Is so <laughs> creepy. You're going to like Ooh. kidnap this 12 year old girl as a ghost because you're lonely so creepy but so and she she like she tackles him and like kills him and like crushes yeah. him yeah like mentioned like his, his bones are broken and his his gra- cracks his skull in twain i know it's like this is getting even more graphic than usual goosebumps books like yeah. they might have some graphic moments but this is like one after another after another and then she's like but the mask won't come off that wasn't an act of unbelievable kindness and i'm like Luann, I don't think killing an old man is an act of unbelievable kindness. I just, I really don't. And but, kindness, doing kindness just to be kind is kind of, kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. In a way? And then that's like know. the end of part two. Just I randomly. Know. She just takes off into the night. And she just yeah, runs off into the night. So part three, Devin's story which, you know, something I didn't mention about Devin from Luann's story is that he repeated the first grade. And I don't know why, but I feel like that should be relevant. I mean, why would you say that about a kid that yeah. he repeated the first grade? So he's actually older. I'm guessing he's 13. Yeah, he's probably 13. Um, and right off the bat, we get weird facts about Devin. He doesn't like soggy Oreos. He doesn't like homework on any given night. And he doesn't like walking through pumpkin patches at night. And I'm like, well, I'll give you, I'll give you the second one. I don't think anybody likes homework on any given night, but like soggy Oreos, especially like if they've been dunked in the in milk, that's like the best thing ever. But, I like a little crunch in mine though. Mm, I just like a little. I a like little. them to be a little wet, but I don't want them to be so soggy. I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So yeah, we jump back a few days, and uh, Devin is you know guiding his six year old twin sisters through the pumpkin patch his father invested in, and of course there are creepy. Uh, creepy creepy twins in this what is and why he nailed dale and dolly okay so first of all stein really likes twins like he includes them in so many of his books but just ya novels in general seem to really like twins they really like to insert twins in a lot of ya books from what i've noticed i don't know why that common guys (laughs) really not but but then yeah he's got two you know six-year-old twin sisters named dolly and dale I've never met a girl named Dale ever, you know, like I'm, I'm all for like, you know, names are not gender specific, but it was like, it just really caught me off guard. They sounded like fraternal twins at first. And then it was like, no, they're both girls. It was like, okay, Dale's not short for anything. Cool. Delina. Delina. <laughs> Delina. Yeah. So Devin apparently hates this pumpkin farm. Like he hates the big handed leaves mm. and these big thick vines you can trip over. 
There's also like a stereotypical mean black cat that hangs around. I hate Devin also mentions the housekeeper round Mrs. Barnes. I'm like, damn. It's like first you're perpetuating that black cats are bad luck and evil when they're precious, sweet little angels. And then you go on to fat shame somebody. It's like, I know he acknowledges it. He's got a great personality. She (laughs) she looks like she's made of pumpkins, but she's really sweet. It's like, mm, that's kind of a backhanded compliment there, Devin. Oh boy. Okay. We also find out that his dad is actually from Ireland. So yeah, he so that makes Devin first generation Irish American. Right. That's cool. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, con- it continues to perpetuate. Why didn't they name their second daughter Deirdre instead of Dale? Deirdre is at least an Irish like girl's name. But maybe his mom's American. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So but. the twins want to play, but Devin is still too creeped out to really commit. <laughs> all the possibilities of scary things in the field of pumpkins. Yeah. And the girls start to sing and it makes him even more nervous. And it's this creepy little song they came out with. Yeah. And it's like, Jack, 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 Lennon, Jack, Lennon, come alive, come alive, come alive. Jack, 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 Jack. I'm like, uh, it was yeah, kind of creepy. Like creepy twins are like trying to do what creepy twins do in these books and summon an evil demon. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of creepy. Also, I did start to like feel real bad for Devin in this section because, you know, he mentioned that he grew up in New York City till he was like seven or eight years old. And then suddenly was like they just when? up and moved to farm country, Ohio. And it's like I, I sympathize with that because like I lived in a big city in Texas and then all of a sudden my family up and moved to a town of 240 people in South Dakota when I was just a kid. And that's a lot to take in, you know, so it's, it's like, I, I, I feel, I feel for him, you know, or from country to city either way. It's yeah, still a big, change. it's a big change. So I did feel for him, but, and we get, we get more information later on why they moved. And I have, I have things to say about that when we get there. <laughs> Uh, so he yells at them to stop singing their really creepy chanty song. Right. And this, he looks down, and he sees like, he thinks he sees a vine move and it trips him and he falls and he hits his head mm-hmm. and the kids are all laughing at him and everything. Ha ha, you're a klutz, you know? Yeah. But you know, so later he's back on, he's on the phone with Luann and he's begging her to try to come to the farm, but she can't, she has to go to this party. He really hates the country. He's a poor little city boy. Mm-hmm. Now, I really don't remember why they had to move, actually. Okay. So, basically, we find out later that his dad kind of lost his job in New York City. So, they came out and rented a pumpkin patch as a way to, like, make money to keep living in New York City. And it's uh, it's kind of like a get-rich-quick scheme. But it's like, we find out later that their busiest two days were the day before Halloween and Halloween. And, Halloween. and the day before Halloween, they made a thousand dollars. So I'm I'm guessing that Halloween day, they probably made around that, maybe a little more. So it's like you How made like money? two thousand dollars in a week, which if you look at it that way, it's like, oh, two thousand dollars a week, that's impressive. But this pumpkin patch really only runs for like one month a year. So it's like they've probably made about three thousand dollars, but yet somehow they're going to be going back to New York city. Also, he uprooted his entire family to come do this and they still have a house in New York city. They, they specifically say that, you know, they're going back to the city. This is just a temporary thing. And it's like, 
It sounds like dad and mom need some financial advisement. It sounds like dad had a psychotic break after getting fired from his job and just kind of dragged his whole family out with him and isn't really thinking this through. And the wife is just being supportive. But it's like, I don't know how they're going to be able to afford to keep their house or how they're going to be able to afford to move the family back from Dayton, Ohio to New York City on just $3,000. And they're just like, oh, this is the family's money, you know, and it's like, it just it didn't make sense to me. It just sounded like a get rich quick scheme that didn't have any sort of gravity to it. But once again, this is a children's book and kids think $1000 is a ton of money when it's like $1000 barely last a normal single person. And this is all from his perspective. There's more going on that he doesn't even know. Yeah, I'm sure. And this is a person, a family of 5 that obviously the father's the only one with a job supporting them because the mother just was able to up and leave. Taking care of a family of five in New York City and $3,000 is supposed to fix this? It just doesn't really add up. But this is my adult brain looking at this. <laughs> As a 12-year-old, I, I might be looking at this and going, wow, $1,000, that's a pot of money. <laughs> so um, he's still talk- he's talking to Luann on the phone. And as he talks, he notices a brightly lit jack-o'-lantern in the reflection of his window. And it's mm-hmm. behind him. Yes. So he turns to look around and there's nothing there. He's like, okay. And he turns back and there it is. It's still in the reflection. And he looks back again and it's not there. And he's watching it and it slowly just starts fading away into nothing. And right. he just screams like, oh my God. Like it just, what the hell did I just say? Right. And she's like, what? What's going on? He goes, I, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> I'm like, Why did you do that to your friend? But um, he rushes off the phone and he immediately runs outside. Mm-hmm. Which Once what? Again, don't do that. No, don't chase the bad things. No, um, and he just wants to see if there's a jack o' lantern outside, but there's nothing there. But then he hears this rustling, and he looks out into the dark field, and he sees pumpkin vines like slithering fast toward the house, carrying pumpkins that appear to be breathing in and out, in and out. I'm like, what the hell is going on at in this, this farm? Point, at this point, I'm like, did we just get a crossover from Haunted Mask and Revenge of the Jack o' Lanterns? Because it's like this is. I was like so confused reading this. I was like, what is going on here? This story has nothing to do with the haunted mask at all. What is going on here? I know. And and yeah, and this was clearly it was written as a separate story and just decided to he decided to blend it into the haunted mask. It had to be. But okay. (laughs) Let's keep going. I don't know. So he runs to tell his parents and, you know, he startles them, but they end up laughing at him like, okay, we know you hate this place. We know you want to go back to New York. You need to stop being difficult. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I'm not. And I go like, no, you hate the country. You need to go to bed. And, you know, I'm like, can you not tell when your kid is genuinely scared? And then the parents then just gloss over the fact that, like, Devin has severe night terrors because they're just like, oh, it's just a bad dream. You have them all the time. And he goes, yeah. And he, he he even goes on to like describe, yeah, I have dreams that are so bad that I can't tell, you know, if I'm awake or asleep. And it's like his parents know he has night terrors. Like it's clearly established. They're aware of it, but they just don't take him seriously. It's like, who are these people? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the parent. parents in, in R.L. Stein books are just horrible for the most part. They're completely they just don't know how to, to their children's needs. Like night terror is at 12 or 13 years old. It's like he needs some help. That's I know. they like gaslight him. Oh, don't worry about it. You're okay. fine. It's just a dream. And it's like, mm, OK, OK. And so he shuffles off to bed and he bumps into Mrs. Barnes, who offers him ugh, pumpkin tea. Yeah. 
And he's like, no, thanks. He's like, no. And she, he like rejects it. And she kind of seems disappointed and kind of, you know, upset um, like weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a weird feeling about her, but you know. Yeah. So he describes the house as old and creaky. Right. And you know, like it's hard to sleep there. And I would, you know, as a kid, I probably would have been scared shitless. But yeah. as a, I've been sleeping in a baby like that right now. I would right. love an old creaky house. <laughs> I'm trying to find out. Just fade off of sleep, you know. But he looks, you know, as he's fading off to sleep, he sees this like orange glow in the window. Right. And I'm like, if you would have noticed that going asleep, I would not have been able to fall asleep. Yes. But he does somehow. He wakes up. He has a nightmare that like his family turns into scarecrows and tries to attack him. It's really weird. Yeah. And that seemed like a, a reference to the scarecrow walks at midnight. It's like there are a lot of like, I don't know if they're actual references, but as somebody who grew up with all the original Goosebump books, they, to me, look like references. This has to be because this is the 20th anniversary book. That's okay. why this was written. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And that's why he's just kind of, he's meshing things together, I guess. I guess. So he wakes up and he gives himself this like little pep talk. He's going to be a more positive person. He's going to be a better brother and a better son. And he's going to make the most out of his time on the farm. I do that every morning when I wake up. I'm going to be a... I'm going to be a better person today. I'm going to enjoy going to work today. It's going to be a great day. And every morning I give myself that pep talk and every morning it doesn't work. <laughs> I give that pep talk at night and I totally forget about it in the morning. It's really sad. <laughs> I should have done that early, but whatever. <laughs> and I need to do that. I need to do it more often, you know. But it's a nice little reminder from Mr. Stein to right. tell kids, hey, you know what? Talk yourself up. Give yourself you know? a pep talk in the morning. Exactly. But his positive attitude is challenged when he puts his feet onto the floor and right into some pumpkin guts, which in the book, they keep calling it they pumpkin meat. They keep calling meat, it pumpkin really meat. And I've never heard it called pumpkin meat before. And that really grossed me out. Disturbing. I'm thinking like veins are in it. And ugh. like <laughs> I've. Never in my 33 years heard pumpkin guts referred to as pumpkin meat. I've I've heard it called the flesh of the pumpkin, you know, like get out the flesh of it. But it's like pumpkin meat just really weirded me out. And they call it that like every two pages. Yeah. And I'm assuming he just left the pumpkin meat on the floor because he just like takes off and, you know, go about his day. he goes and goes and get, takes a shower, but I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd be so pissed. I would yeah. not be able to like that positive whole mantra I just gave up. It's out, out oh, the window. Yeah. That's, that's completely gone. <laughs> I'm not positive anymore. I just stepped in pumpkin meat. First thing in the morning. So he, he doesn't say anything to anyone about it either. He's like, no. it's, it couldn't have been the twins, you know, because they don't like this kind of stuff. And, you know, he doesn't even think of anybody else. Yeah. He but doesn't say anything to anybody. He just leaves. I, like I said, I'm assuming he just left the pumpkin meat on the floor and just like went about his day. I guess Mrs. He expects Mrs. Barnes. She's a housekeeper. She's going to get yeah, it. I guess. She'll, just, she'll just find it and probably go, what is this kid doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is he even eating? <laughs> what is this 13 year old doing? All this pumpkin meat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Puberty. <laughs> 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 if it looks orange kids it's not right Go <laughs> <pee it up. laughs> so his dad takes him and the twins out to the shed where he's going to get them to paint faces on these smaller pumpkins so mm-hmm. they can sell them for and ten dollars the piece i know it's not worth it I'm i was sorry. like selling pumpkins like little pumpkins i'm assuming they're like you know 
hand, those little, little like Cornish pumpkins because he, he holds like a bunch of them in his arms later. But it's like you're yeah. selling Cornish pumpkins painted by six year olds for $10 a piece. That is highway robbery, sir. And so, people and buy them. We find out later that they sell out of them. I don't get it either. I don't get it I either. Even... I just don't. But, you know, whatever. You do you. Yeah, faces on these pumpkins. And, you know, the little girls, they're all getting into it. And he start, he starts to go to paint his. And the, the first thing that happens, it starts to moan and burp in his face. And, and then it starts to feel like human skin. And I'm like, like, I'm done. Meat? I'm done. I, I throw it down and gather yeah. my bags and hit my ass out of there. I'm yeah. like, I'm done. Human I'll- skin. No, I'm good. That's no, it was gross. Like just thinking what? about it, it was really gross. He jumps back and he drops the pumpkin and knocks over all these, all the paints, which makes his sisters whine and causing his dad to come out and scold him again for making up stories. And Devin vows to just ignore anything else that happens. And I'm like, I think it's a little too late for that, bud. But I mean, okay, to be fair though, he's like, I'm just, if I see something weird, I'm going to ignore it. And I'm like, yes, Devin, just like us grownups. If you see something weird, just ignore it. Just bottle that crap right up. It's the best <laughs> way to live through your life. Just pretend, just <laughs> rationalize it in your brain. It was probably just the wind. I'm just going to go about my business. <laughs> so they get back into painting and Devin gets really into it. And he's painting a bunch of different faces all over the pumpkins and, Suddenly, there's a dark shadow that looms over him. He turns to see a boy with a pumpkin for a head. <gasps> Another this fake is, out. And this is a definite callback to Revenge of the Jack-O-Lanterns. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. He's just holding the pumpkin in front of his head, this yes. kid. So Because people do that. <laughs> this kid's name is Haywood, and he's Mrs. Barnes' son. Yes. All the pumpkin stuff around the Barnes family is making me suspicious. And oh, I yeah. Like, All hmm. I could think of like while I was reading this was I was like, Haywood seems interesting and definitely not foreshadowing to his mom making him out of pumpkin meat or something yes yeah. something has got to be. and they have this like little bit of kidly kid friendly bonding and haywood says he lives with his dad and some other people not far from there and he points out to the fields and i'm already thinking okay this kid's dead <laughs> kid's yeah, dead spirit it's just exactly it's so obvious but you know right, i live out there somewhere I, like, I mean, like, he's either dead or he's made of pumpkins Anyway, he leaves and Devin looks back at the pumpkins he's supposed to paint and miraculously they've all been painted. They all have different scary faces too. And he didn't do it. And he knows the twins couldn't have. And this concerns him. And this so is where I, he, I just stop and go, Devin, you literally just told yourself you were going to ignore this sort of thing. Please exactly. stick here. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> no, no. He grabs up a bunch of them and takes them to his dad. And when he shows them to him, they're all cute, smiley faces and not the evil ones he just saw. And his dad is <laughs> just like, I'm not having boy. It. <laughs> he literally calls oh. him boy. I'm warning you, boy. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> he is like two seconds away from making Devin go get a switch from a tree. He is, yeah. Like all I could think of was that meme where it's like deep inhale boy. <laughs> So, yeah, dad leaves Devin to gather up the pumpkins that drop onto the floor. And that damn black cat, Zeus, keeps lingering, lingering around, being all creepy. All I could think of at this point was, how does this tie in with the haunted mask? I was I so confused. Like, I literally have a note here that says, okay, seriously, what does this have to do with the haunted mask? When's this going to pop in? Because <laughs> we're eight uh, chapters yeah. in at this point. And I'm like, what is going on here? I thought that the whole time was like, and the next chapter is going to bring in the Honda best. No. Okay. No. 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 
so these these pumpkins that he has are they're bouncing around all over the floor like tennis balls i'm like what what's going on and these faces all turn back into evil scary faces again they're all starting to laugh at Devin, and he starts freaking out and they start vomiting up pumpkin guts and other things and dancing around him and he's like ah they're taunting him and he's like oh no and so he breaks free and he runs back into the house yes that's a good response good 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 idea (laughs) and now we jump to the day before halloween and the farm bustling with customers even though it looks like rain any minute and devin is in working in the cashier shed yeah (laughs) like my biggest thing here was like do people really wait until the day before halloween or the day of halloween to buy pumpkins like I don't know. For some reason, I remember as a kid, like buying them like a week beforehand, you know, like, yeah, I think in this situation, like when you would wait for the novelty of going to the pumpkin patch and get closer to Halloween, that's more of a novelty effect. Yes. But if you're getting it from a grocery store or something, yeah. I might get it. We early. never did like the whole pumpkin patch thing. Maybe this year. I'll do it. Let's do a pumpkin do. patch this year, Dustin. Let's, let's find a way to do a pumpkin patch this year. We can meet There's halfway. I don't know, but I don't, I've never seen it. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's make that our plan. If COVID is not a thing anymore, let's go find a pumpkin patch this year. Some COVID free pumpkins. Yes. <laughs> Out <in> the patch. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. I'll do it. Okay. All right. So yeah, That's he's out in work. the, he's out in the, um, the cashier shed. So like he, he's in, like you said, he's in the cashier shed. Mm-hmm. He's staying nice and dry out of the, you know, sprinkles or whatever. And he smells the fresh pumpkin pie that Mrs. Barnes is making. And I'm just, oh, I really want some of that pumpkin Yeah, pie. I could really go for some pumpkin pie right now. <laughs> and we talk pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin over and over. So he, you know, he's talking about how all the attention that the twins are getting and how they're going to be impossible to be around later. Everybody's like, they're oh, gonna, they're so cute. They're going to think they're celebrities. And it was like, well, oh God, it, yeah, I could see that being annoying as an older brother. <laughs> Yeah, especially when you're double their age, you know, like six year olds lording that over you when you're 12 or 13. That would be super. Oh, yeah. Reading two so, of them at that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So like this jackass guy shows up and wants a discount for a flat sided pumpkin and he gives him like a dollar off. And it's just like I would have the same inner commentary that he has. Like, why the hell would you pick a flat sided pumpkin in the first place? You don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, some people just do that intentionally, you know, like, oh, I want money off. You know, whoever he is, he sounds like a male Karen, (laughs) a Carl, Bob. I don't know, but yeah. (laughs) So the twins start screaming bloody murder for help. They're like, the pumpkins are alive. (laughs) And he jumps up and he's like, oh, my God. And he runs to help them. Little bitches are teeth. Baby, no. What is you doing? You should have seen this coming from a mile away. You know, your little sisters are pranksters and you are just so gullible. And then you know what though? They say something that they tell him that the dad is calling him crazy behind his back. And that's just not cool. You don't just no. start talking about your like, but dad like, I, I had to wonder if that was something that was actually happening or if that was just the twins being the twins, because they seemed they seem very like they seem very like mature for their age as far as like the pranks they're pulling. Like, I don't know six year olds that could like pull pranks like this. So it's like, but they're they're really good about like kind of gaslighting their brother. Yeah, you know, and it's like it just it seemed like that was something that they made up that their dad wasn't really saying he was crazy or maybe they overheard him saying that to his mother, you know, like Devin, true, Devin's got problems. Devin's really not adjusting. And the, the twins just went, dad thinks you're crazy. Dad thinks you're crazy. But yeah, yeah. 
It does. It starts to rain and Devin stays back as everyone goes inside because he sees Haywood under a tree staring at him. I'm telling you, this is a damn ghost boy. I know it. I just know it. He walks over and stands under Haywood's umbrella. I think I've been reading too much YA Mm -hmm. because this scene feels like a gay awakening waiting to happen in my opinion. It kind of does. Weird because he's like he talks to him in this like breath. Haywood talks to him in this like breathy whisper and takes him to the shed. And it's like I need to show you something. I'm like, like, oh my god, where is this gay? What is going? (laughs) Where is? And I so yeah, I had to go back to normal middle grade mode. And (laughs) Haywood spills the bean, and the farm is actually a civil war graveyard that some asshole farmer decided to plant his crops on top of. I did a deep dive here. I did a okay. deep dive and I, I went to look up to see if there were any Civil War battlefields within an hour from Dayton, Ohio. So there are Civil War battlefields in Ohio, which I did not know that. So that was something new that I learned. But the closest one is in Portland, Ohio, which is about two hours and 50 minutes away from Dayton. And the only other one is in Selineville, Ohio, which is about three hours and 50 minutes away from Dayton. So there is no Civil War battleground within an hour of Dayton, Ohio. So, Well, this is just a graveyard, so maybe it's just... No, there's no Civil War graveyard within an hour of Dayton, Ohio oh, either. Yeah, no. Okay. I, I look. Well, now they know it. But <laughs> because I, there's a damn farm on top of it. <laughs> yeah, but obviously somebody knew about it. But either way, I did that deep dive. Also, in doing that deep dive, I found out that R.L. Stein is from Ohio, which is why a lot of his books take place there. Right. But anyway, sorry, I I saw that and I was like, I wonder if this is real. And that's that's where my brain goes with these sort of things. Yes. <laughs> so like, yeah. So apparently this is some Civil War graveyard that some farmer put his crops on top of. And he didn't even move the bodies. He just yeah. planted his crops right on top of them. He says there are stories of angry spirits seeking revenge because they have no grave right. markers or tombstones. I was just thankful that they didn't say Indian burial ground at this point. You know, because oh, yeah, that's true. I was waiting for that. Like, oh, God. Here I was go. like, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So Devin follows Haywood out into the field and Haywood lifts up some leaves and shows Devin a vine that's supposedly growing straight down into a grave. He says that they send their evil up through the vines and into the pumpkins. And yeah. and it's like, this is all it take a lot to take in at once. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so what? I will say that Haywood is a very good storyteller. I know. I'm like, wow, you, you know, you know, a lot of shit. (laughs) There's barely a mist and some fog, but Devin sees pumpkins starting to roll toward them. Mm -hmm. Haywood is alarmed, but he continues. Most of the evil spirits, you know, the most evil of them all is the grave master. Mm -hmm. Supposedly shapeshift and hides out in pumpkins. So he can't be found and destroyed. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's when, I'm like, he looks over and he sees Zeus, the cat Haywood does. And he just kind of freezes in fear and he immediately freaks out and runs away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that cat. I knew that cat was important. Yeah. Ooh. I was like, I, I had a note here as well. That was like, this cat is going to play a much bigger role. And I'm really curious to find out what it is. So at the, at the dinner table that night, everyone talks about their day and Devin is super eager to tell everyone about the graveyard under the farm. And Mrs. Barnes scoffs at the story. He's like, Haywood story. You know, she's like, oh, you can't believe anything he said. He probably made it up. So he like second guesses himself before he really continues. And, you know, he thinks maybe I was getting pranked after all. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say anything else. So that night in bed, he reads a 
a, quote, dystopian novel, which he explains is where cities are destroyed and there's only a few survivors. Yep. And then <laughs> so, he, goes, he goes on to explain the plot of this specific book, which was that it was like the they found out that they were the last family on Earth and they weren't too happy about it. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, me either, kid. Oh, you really, you really sold me on that one. <laughs> like, that's not dystopian. A dystopian novel is like all about like a perfect society that you find out isn't actually perfect. Uh, cities destroyed, and you're the last family on Earth. Where is the dystopia there? There's <laughs> well, it's just bleak. That's just bleak. that's <laughs> just bleak. That's just depressing and terrifying. But you know, okay. So he starts to fall asleep with the window open. And now, well, what the hell? Why in the hell in the middle of October would you leave the window open? Yep. That's stupid. Of course, some vines start to slither in and reach for him as he lays paralyzed in fear. But he finally musters up the courage and to fight back. And he slams the windowsill shut mm-hmm. and you know slices through the vines. But now these vines on the outside of the house bleeding blood. I had flashbacks to that one scene from The Evil Dead. You know the one. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I've seen it a couple of times. There's a scene with like vines and tree branches moving on their own. And that's as far as I'm going to go into that. Okay. <laughs> I will explain it more to you when we're done here, but that is as far as I'm going into that right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, so these vines are trying to break through the window and getting out and he's like, ah, and he yells, but then somebody shows up behind him and he's like, oh my God. And it's actually his dad. Mm-hmm. So even after seeing his kid freak out as this much and he explains how he cut off the vines and all that stuff, he still doesn't believe him. No. Even he, when he shows, him, hey, these are vines. I'm telling you right now, look, see. He's still and, you know, like, these are just night terrors. These are just your yeah. nightmares. You're, you're the twins probably you know, left those vines on the floor. Uh, makes me so mad. Yeah, me too. You know, the dad shows him outside. There's nothing except for the cat that's underneath the window looking up at them. Yeah. Weird. They both agree that it's really weird that the you know. So Devin tries to sleep, but he just knows Zeus the cat is the grave master and vows to you know talk about it more with Haywood the next day. Then he sees the two pieces of vine that he cut come to life. Mm-hmm. So he jumps out of bed and just starts stomping up and down on them into mush, and she's like, "Die, die, die, die!" And I'm like, "I would have do that'd be me right there." I'm like, "No, no, you freaking die! You, die. I don't want you around here anymore." Oh yeah, I would have done just, the exact same thing. I would have probably found something sharp and hacked him up, actually. But well, obviously, that didn't help the last time. Yeah, well, fair. So the next morning, it's Halloween. Now, Haywood is blowing him off. He won't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. And his dad is making work in the field this time instead of Haywood is doing the cashier. Yeah. Not doing the cashier. I felt really bad. I felt really bad at that point because it's like the dad clearly sees that his son is having night terrors about pumpkins and about vines and he's not adjusting well. And the kid is begging him, literally begging him, don't make me work out in the field. And he does it anyway. Like, I don't I don't understand where these parents stand on their son's night terrors. They acknowledge that they exist, but they really don't seem to take them seriously yeah, at all. Whatever. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. So all the while, Zeus is watching him like a hawk or a cat in this case. <laughs> he picks up a pumpkin and he hears... Like the wind rustles and he hears his name. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'm thinking he's having a psychotic break. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but side note, 
I did read once like a long time ago, like I was reading about like telepathy and stuff mm-hmm. in a book about ESP and whatnot. Right. And I read that if you ever hear your name when you're alone, it could mean someone is thinking about you really hard. And it's like sending out a psychic yell. Interesting. So if you ever hear your name, maybe that's it. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean ghosts. Or maybe it does. It, it could be ghosts. It could be ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to carry on and help customers, but he can't stop thinking about the graves beneath him. And uh, this woman has him like, she was, Hey, can you take this pumpkin in my car? And when he picks it up, it like turns to mush and his arms go inside of it and he can't like get it off and he can't take it anywhere. And the woman's kind of pissed off. And so is the dad. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? Stop, you know, screwing around. And then it happens the second time. Yeah. She picks out another pumpkin and the dad gives it to him. And then it turns to mush again in his arms. And it was like, this kid is like he he's literally self-described himself as this skinny, scrawny, unathletic, twig-like 12 or 13-year-old. And he just shoved his hands through pumpkins. The the dad and this woman are like, you know, I can't believe you do that. It's like, I can't do that. It's <laughs> Who like, can do that? I, I mean, why would you jump to the conclusion that your kid is intentionally ruining pumpkins and not jump to the conclusion that maybe those two pumpkins were rotten? Dad is that stressed, apparently. I guess so. You know, well, I mean, we've already established that he's really probably having a mental breakdown, but okay. He's really pissed off. So he, he sends Devin, you know, go inside, just get out of here. And so on his way in, the whispers start up again, start calling his name. Devin, And he's like, Oh God. So he runs over to the shed and tries to talk to Haywood to help him. But Haywood just keeps looking at Zeus and refuses to, to help him. And he just says, you know, Devin insists, Hey, Hey, would meet me in the farmhouse after dinner, please. I need to talk to you. And hopefully he shows up. So that night, Devin's just too anxious to even eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And everyone's too happy about the success of the day to even notice him, you know, slip out to go talk to Haywood. And outside, he sees, you know, while he's waiting for Haywood, he sees these vines growing and moving in the dark. And then he's like, he's like, oh, my God, this damn. I just coming toward the house. And- he's outside in the first place. It's like, honey. Haywood literally told you he wasn't coming tonight. Why are you out here waiting for him? You're in danger. <laughs> You're looking at these vines. You know what's happening here. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Logic is lost. I don't get it. But whatever. So <laughs> he, you know, all of a sudden the ground starts to quake a little bit and it starts to open up and a hand shoots up out of the ground. And then all of a sudden a, a whole body comes out. And of course it's Haywood coming out of the grave. Ta-da. He was right. The kid's dead. <laughs> the kid is dead. I was right. <laughs> At this point, I still um, was thinking that he was a pumpkin person, but I mean, it doesn't look like a pumpkin, but, you know. <laughs> but he's made. of. Pumpkin. Well, I still thought he was probably made of pumpkin meat at this point. I was still, I was still on that theory. <laughs> So Devin is rightfully scared. Haywood is clearly a zombie. <laughs> he says he wants to help Devin, but you know, Devin's like, no, thanks. I'm good. Thanks. You're, you're dead. I'm good. The, the, he has the audacity to go. Why are you scared? Devin? Why do you think he's scared? <laughs> he literally <laughs> just watched you claw yourself out of your grave. And then you immediately follow it up with it's cold in that grave. Oh no, no. That's what he says. He goes, <laughs> why are you shivering? He goes, I'm cold. He goes, it's colder in the grave. <laughs> And he like jumped at him like, okay, this is no way to win him over. 
he's trying to like pull Devin underground. Yeah. He's just like, ah, it just attacks him. And Devil, you know, he's struggling and he sees Zeus and he's like, Zeus, help me, help me, Zeus, make Haywood stop. And the Zeus, and Zeus, like, his eyes glow in the moonlight. And he's like, there's just like big buildup. And Haywood's looking at him and Devin's like, yeah, Zeus, get him, get him. And he's ready for this cat to pounce. But then the cat's just like, meow. <laughs> just, I'm just a cat. This was so this was so anticlimactic. <laughs> All this buildup for like, where are we? We are nineteen chapters in at this point, and all this buildup that this cat is going to be something. And it's like this cat is a creepy, weird cat. And then it's just no, it's literally just a cat. And it's I know like, Haywood was just doing the thing to trick him the entire time. It was like I felt so ripped off at this point. I was ready for the cat to come in and be the hero of this story. And it's like, no, it's literally just a cat. So then we get a really interesting line in the book that stood out to me. He goes, It was a rectangular hole in the ground, but I recognized it. It was a grave. And I'm like, this boy is as bright as a wet match in a dark cave. <laughs> Well, I mean, like I said, he was held back. <laughs> For obvious yeah. reasons. He should have been held back a couple more times, apparently. <laughs> oh, poor kid. <laughs> so, you know, Haywood's like, you want to meet the grave master? And then all of a sudden, Mrs. Uh, Barnes rum- you know, rumbles up from her grave. And she's like, hey, <laughs> she apparently is the real grave master. Right. She shoves a freaking jack-o'-lantern into devin's face and keeps repeating it's the night of the jack-o'-lantern it's the night of the jack-o'-lantern yeah. i'm like what yeah. the hell is wrong what with is her wrong with you lady she reveals that she chose devin to fuck with because he's haywood's age and she she wants to make a ghost friend for him too that's really screwed up parenting folks the even thing for is, ghosts. is this is a common theme in goosebump books you know like there are so many goosebump books where it's let's kill or maim or change the protagonist into a ghost monster or vampire because the antagonist is lonely in the afterlife and they need a friend and it's like that is a that's a really common theme we see this crop up in so many goosebump books so yeah uh haywood shows up shows devin his grave and says do you want to jump in or do you want me to push you in <laughs> i'm like um how about neither where's <laughs> <laughs> my third option it's really malevolent it's really weird but so just as Haywood is about to shove Devin into the hole in the ground, a loud roar comes from the field and all three of them look up to see this green monster barreling toward them. And I think we know who this is. <laughs> and all I wrote in my notes here was you have got to be kidding me right now. Haunted mask ex machina. Exactly. <laughs> it's Luann. She yells out because after she left, she ran out from the police. This is where she ended up. An hour ran from drive Poly- away. On running. Well, I mean, she's got super strength in this damn mask. Strength, apparently, with this mask on. And she ran what is an hour's drive away. So it probably took her, I don't know how long it should have taken her, probably like four hours to get there. But somehow she's made it here in a matter of a couple of hours. (laughs) So she yells, you know, yells it out, you know, I'm Luann, I'm Luann. But he does not believe her. He's like, How could this be Luann? This is a freaking monster. Um, there's a fight that happens between this monster that showed up and Haywood and it breaks out and it goes on for a minute, but Haywood gets the upper hand and Devin like goes, he just kind of second guesses himself. He goes, you know what? If this is Luann, (laughs) maybe I should save her. (laughs) So he just like pushes Haywood out of the way and somehow, and he saves Luann from falling into the grave and Haywood ends up stumbling into the grave and falls down to this hole. It's like, no, 
like this really apparently this grave like is a really deep bottomless pit of a grave okay really it's in a well that's where, you, that's where just, his grave it's is just a grave direct line to the afterlife or something i don't know mrs barnes calls this monster that showed up evil and jumps into the hole after her son and then all of a sudden, Luann's face emerges from behind the haunted mask. It turns out the act of kindness had to be from someone else. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she makes a Beauty and the Beast reference. And she's exactly. like, I'm the Beast. You're the Beauty. And it was like, mm. I, don't okay. going I don't either. I love it. But the, I love the like the last line of this part is, so how was Polly's party? Right? <laughs> We come to the semi-fourth part, the epilogue, mm-hmm. which is Polly's house the next day. Right. And now Polly has a line of kids up at her stairs, and she's charging them to... Yeah. Once again, she's charging $5 to see a real live ghost. Yeah. She's changed her tune and says that her Halloween party was the bomb diggity this year, thanks to Luann. Yep. And uh, she's like, yeah, come on up. You want to see this ghost we have in this closet? I'll show it to you. He put himself back together. And here's where I had like another little problem. I was like, as much as I thought the O'Bannons were overcharging for their toddler painted pumpkins, I seriously think Polly is undercharging to see an actual ghost. You know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, like this, this news, she didn't tell her parents. Her parents don't know why there's a line of children going up to the attic to see a ghost. Coming down scared shitless. Right? You know, so it's like nobody's said anything. There aren't ghost hunters here at this point already, like trying to figure out what this live faceless ghost is doing. Yeah. And like I said, and she's only charging a $5 admission fee to come see a live ghost. It's like she is underselling a product that she's got. Like There is a lot of demand for that supply. They just don't get it, apparently. It's not. I don't know. They don't know the market. But, you know, Brad and Marcus come and they're like, oh, my God. So you're like getting people to pay to see this ghost. And like, yeah, go stand in the back of the line if you want to see it. You're like, we're not paying. We saw it for free. Yeah. (laughs) But they notice something in her hand. And she has a mask that looks a lot like the one that Luann had Mm -hmm. on the night before. Yeah. And she says she found it in the trunk, too. And that's when they warn her, like, "Uh, you shouldn't put that on. Even though she war- they warn her, she starts to slip it on, and that's the end of the book. I do not remember Goosebump books being that all over the place, first of all. Um, I also don't remember them being that gory. That was a real surprise for me, was just how dark this book got in a couple of places. And I don't remember them being this lame. I mean, I know some of them were lame, but there were some of them that I'm like, no, they held up. I mean, like I said, The Haunted School, I read that one like two years ago, and that one still holds up. That one's weird and creepy. I don't know. This one was just... It teeter-tottered. This one just kind of like, like they were good and bad. To too much with it, especially with the third part being so disconnected from the first two parts, you know, up until the last chapter. Like, I mean, we didn't get Luann come running back in until literally chapter 20, And it just, it felt like, I don't know what is going on here. It's so disconnected from the haunted mask that it felt like I was reading a completely separate book. And you know what, actually, since a lot of the story 
for Luann and Devin were supposed to be happening simultaneously yeah. at some parts. They should have just written it to where it was jumping back and forth yeah. between the two. Yeah. That That's what I think. That would have made a little bit more sense, you know, like, and it would have spread out the haunted mask story more. It, it might've made like the timeline not seem so weird. Cause like I said, for me, one of the biggest things was I was trying to figure out if this story took place, you know, concurrently, or if we went back in time and time skipped back for Devin's part, it just, a lot of the, the time just didn't seem to add up. They should have been like, you know, Luann's story, like at the beginning of it, what date it starts on, like Halloween, whatever, you know, and then with Devin's story, does it start on Halloween? Does it start two days prior? You know, we needed a little bit more clarification on what days these start. Repeat a scene or something, yeah, it, you know, it got a little confusing. So I don't know. All in all, it wasn't good. It was entertaining. It wasn't good, but it was entertaining. It wasn't one of the best. Ones. <laughs> no, it, it definitely wasn't. Like I, I could definitely just, I would rather go back and read some of the original ones again, because this one was kind of mediocre, you know? So it's like, if this is the best he's got for a 20th anniversary novel, I'm hesitant to read some of the other ones. Not to mention, yeah. I was really upset that this didn't seem to take place canonically in the same universe as the last like four or five haunted mask books. You know, it's like they've established a canon and rules that go along with this mask. And it's like they seem to have thrown all of it out or it's a completely different mask or a different universe. But it's like no explanation of it. You know, I'm just going to go with a different universe. It, it has to be. It has to be. So I, I don't know. But it, it was it was entertaining and I'm glad I got to read it. But as far as Goosebump books goes, there's better ones out there that you could read. Agreed. I agree. We'll see. I'm going to do some more Goosebumps, newer Goosebumps books, and we'll see if they turn out any better or worse. <laughs> I can't wait to Hopefully. hear it. I cannot wait we'll to see. hear it. So um, basically, if you want to find Sammy online anywhere, you can pretty much find you anywhere under Sammy Simplicity, yes. <laughs> under any social media outlet. Just much. About, I have been using that handle online since MySpace. So it's Sammy Simplicity, all one word. And yeah, you can find me just about anywhere. So <laughs> He's also the co-host of the Conspiracies and Cryptids podcast. Be sure to check that out because you have really cool stories about, you know, science-y, fiction-y type stuff mm -hmm. and monsters and all that good stuff. And you, you do your research and it's, it was pretty cool. Thank you. Um, so thank you again for coming and reading the book with me and maybe we'll read another one. I would love too. to come back another time. This was a lot of fun. I don't get to read a lot of books anymore. Um, I do a lot of audiobooks, like I listen to audiobooks, but I haven't actually sat down and read a book in quite some time. So that was really fun. <laughs> cool. Have any questions or comments about R.L. Stein, Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask, or this show in general? Then please reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or Instagram at both Dustin C. Holden and Dustin Can Read. Email me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com, and please be sure to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes, as well as rate and comment on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Dustin Can Read!